0: This is The Rundown. Rundown. The Rundown. Hosted by Luke Lipinski. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station.
1: Live from the Auction Community Studio for the next two hours. Luke Lipinski here with you. Cody Fincher behind the glass. Sarah Cazell dancing her way out of the update booth. Sarah, can you, are you able to respond? Can you? Yes. Okay. I have to ask. (laughs) well I didn't know like if you can if you have like a waiters are party. you able to speak <laughs> well then well technically you're off the clock and now it's six o'clock so that's I didn't know tr-
2: yeah no they're paying me overtime out of your pocket oh, okay. for this. that so. that's gonna go well for you
1: <laughs> um i I've always wondered are you dancing because you're excited for the start of this show or are you dancing because <laughs> you're leaving
2: I'm dancing because I want to throw you
1: off of your game oh well <laughs> option that's three. obviously impossible as has been proven, <laughs> never.
3: Yeah, the unshakable Luke Lipinski, as that, we call that, him around that's here.
1: That's my full name. We, I just don't like to go by it that's, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. This is a good segment. We it should is, keep this yeah, one going. Sir, Please. Are you dancing because Russell Westbrook is now a member of the Washington Wizards?
2: I'm dancing because somebody wants John Wall, question mark?
1: That'll make James Harden stay, right?
2: <laughs> Certainly. Yeah, that'll that'll make him very happy. I think they
1: want that first round pick. Yeah, I get I. <laughs> What a weird trade.
2: Yeah, John Wall and a first-rounder yeah. for Russ. Well. Best wishes to yeah, all
1: involved. I, I know who that helped. I guess two non-playoff <laughs> teams, as it turns out. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, Chris Paul was officially, formally introduced to the Phoenix Suns uh, media today. And uh, we're going to have Kellen Olson on a little bit later on to discuss his first impressions of Chris Paul. And really just kind of the buzz around the Suns. Uh, this week, now that we have heard from Monty Williams yesterday, we heard from Cam Johnson today as well. But also, I mean, the main one is Chris Paul, certainly. And uh, as you can imagine, he had a lot to say. We got a couple good stories already up on ArizonaSports.com uh, today. Sort of branching off of some of the stuff that uh, that CP3 said. Here's uh, here is one of his quotes. We'll play a few of these throughout the show. But just asked uh, on a number of different occasions what he brings to this team as a leader, because there are a lot of young players, obviously, on this Suns team that are going to be asked to do a lot this year. And make no mistake about it, Chris Paul, the, the trade was made because of what he can do on the court, but also what he can get from these other
4: guys. What I know, you know what I mean, for the guys on the team, like for them, we on the team, like I'm an open book. Whatever they want to know, I'm I'm going to tell them any day of the week, whether it be training, whether it be eating or you know, how to approach this or that or whatever, I'll tell them what I know. But the thing that you learn um, is that you don't know everything. You know, I'm always learning day in and day out. And that's why it's fun to get on the court and work out and train with guys. Um, When I was with James, we used to do that. You got to be creative. You know what I mean? Be creative with moves, try stuff. Um, And then when it comes to the group of guys that we got, we ain't going to talk about it too much. (laughs) We just going to put our head down and do the work. You know, that's, that's the big thing is, is do the work. Like it's, it's fine. The most important people to our team is the guys that's in the locker room and our coaching staff. And we, we got a ways to go, Um, but we just want to build, we want to build and we, we got to start from scratch.
1: Tonya, it's, it's just going to be such a different season this year. And I know that there were a lot of Suns fans that were kind of like, yeah, okay. I mean, I, yeah, you got to make the trade for Chris Paul, but, You know, you're giving up Rubio and Ubre, And I know a lot of Suns fans didn't want to see them go, specifically Ubre, And I I get it. And I do think Ubre is really going to help Golden State out. I mean, in a a weird way, we could very well see Golden State and the Suns either play in the first round of the playoffs or, you know, be competing for the five seed or something in the Western Conference. Like, I think in a lot of ways, those teams could be fairly even this season. Uh, But at the end of the day, I just, I think you had to make that deal. And like I was saying last night, I think there's a lot of intangibles that we're not really ever going to fully appreciate about that deal until we get into the season. And you can kind of hear some of it. I mean, you can hear in Monty Williams voice yesterday the excitement to have Chris Paul around because he knows he's coached him before. He knows what he can do for a guy like DeAndre Ayton. And Chris Paul, of course, was asked about that today.
4: I think that's a very important relationship. Right, with with the big man, especially the pick and roll and things like that. I got a chance to see him working out a little bit today. I'm excited to get out there on the court to find out, you know, where he likes the ball. You know, I'm it started my rookie year, it was PJ Brown. <laughs> PJ Brown was my my big so it wasn't no lives then. Then came into my second year, that's when I got Tyson Chandler and we started doing all those lives and all that stuff. And then I got with DeAndre Jordan and I remember that. Like it was just today, because DJ DJ couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time back then. I can say that though, because that's like that's that's like my brother. It's one of my closest friends. But it was a process. Like I remember staying after practice with DJ, and we was like practicing those lives where he act like he coming to set a screen, and then he just take off to the rim. Same thing, Clint Capella. You start doing that. Try to figure it out with Steven Adams. So I'm excited to do that with uh with Da and uh, a young fella sticks.
5: Well, I um, like how he said, I can say yeah. that about DeAndre Jordan because we're <laughs> like brothers.
1: You guys don't all say that, but I can say that. The good news is DeAndre Ayton can definitely walk and chew gum already, so we're already ahead of the curve Think here. about
5: how many of those big guys Chris Paul got paid. Yeah. Like how, how he helped them get paid.
1: It, it, it's funny because I've talked to some people that have some trepidation of like, okay, what if, what if he breaks DeAndre Ayton? It's like, well, I'd rather know that now. What if he doesn't break? Like, what if he gets DeAndre Ayton really paid in a couple years? This should be the best thing that happens to DeAndre Ayton. It's it's going to be fun this season. The national buzz around the Suns is not because they went 8-0 in the bubble. It's because you got Chris Paul now. That's, you know, that, that's just the reality of the situation. Let's get into the rapid reaction. The
0: Rundown. Rapid reaction. Rapid reaction. Reacting to today's top three trending sports stories. Uh,
1: well, there was a football game this afternoon, the longstanding Wednesday afternoon football tradition. Uh, another chapter in that book. I believe this is the first chapter ever in that book. And, of course, it was highlighted by a guy named Trace McSorley playing quarterback for Baltimore, throwing a touchdown. Did better than Kendall Hinton did for uh, for Denver. The Steelers, though, are 11-0. They defeat the Ravens 19-14 in the most anticipated NFL game that wasn't a Super Bowl ever. Not because everybody was really excited about the actual game by the time it actually got played, but just because it was supposed to be played on Thanksgiving and then Sunday and then Monday and then Tuesday and then it finally got played today. So the NFL is happy because they can keep their streak alive of not canceling a game yet this season. I'm sure the Steelers are happy because they are lost in the shuffle of all this. 11-0. and like an undefeated season is is not out of reach by any means for Pittsburgh. I certainly thought this Baltimore game or the Buffalo game they have coming up in uh, in two weeks would be the one that might break them. And then obviously Baltimore was playing with Trace McSorley, a quarterback, so that kind of went out the window. Not like a, a convincing win by the Steelers, but when you're 11-0, and 0, you just need to win. You don't need to be convincing. 19-14, the final uh, for fantasy football purposes. Juju Smith-Schuster had a touchdown. My gosh, Hollywood Brown scored a touchdown he's not Riverside Brown this week he actually he got in the end zone Marquise Brown touchdown and uh, Gus Edwards a rushing touchdown but Pittsburgh wins at 1914 I believe they had a defensive touchdown uh, as well if you were playing against the Steelers defense I'm sorry just know that I was too over to the NBA again the Phoenix Suns are not playing on Christmas we found that out last night but they are going to play their first game in front of a national audience December 23rd at home against Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks, that's going to be a fun one. And I know and this is the NBA has a sick sense of humor, and I feel like the Suns are going to see the Mavericks in the the, the opener every other year now for the careers of, of Aiton and Doncic, but whatever. Now we have a team in this city that uh, should be able to compete with Dallas because Dallas right now is kind of still just Doncic. They didn't make a lot of moves this uh, offseason, so that'll be a good one to start the season. And uh, I don't know if everybody heard this yet, but this is LeBron... On ESPN, talking about the Pacific Division. Our division is tough now. Yeah. You know,
3: CP is, CP Phoenix. is now in our division. Yeah. Yes, Phoenix is going to be. Yeah, they are. They, uh, I mean, my 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 guy James Jones has done a hell of a job over cool. there. Shout out champ! Shout out champ. champ! Shout out champ! He's done a hell of a job, and, and not only acquiring uh, CP3, but he is building that team. He's got some really really good things going on over there to add to the All Star future superstar in Devin Booker.
1: I get that the buzz only matters so much and that if the Suns don't go out there and win games this season, then it's going to be, you know, it's kind of going to all be for naught. but with the lack of success the Suns have had for the last entire decade, and the fact that for three or four years in there they were the butt of a lot of jokes around the NBA, and honestly, even a month ago, we were still listening to people nationally say, oh yeah, Devin Booker definitely wants out, it's the worst kept secret. Isn't it nice to have Kendrick Perkins talking about how the Suns could go to the Western Conference Finals and LeBron's talking about how good the Suns are now and how tough the Pacific is because the Suns are in the mix now. And it just, just this buzz around this team, this, this legitimately good buzz. It's weird that it's not, with all Devin Booker did the last few years, it didn't start up until Chris Paul got here. But again, whatever. Chris Paul's here, you have Devin Booker, and the Suns are kind of like... What's the they're not, really, they're not the darlings of the NBA, but like of the teams that are kind of on the rise. They're everybody's trendy pick to be a they're playoff the team. The new kid at the cool table. The new kid at the cool table. That sounds like two different boy bands at the same time. New but, kids at the cool table. The cool <laughs> uh okay, back to the NFL. And this is the Cardinals. Bear, you haven't heard this audio yet, right? No. Okay. So, I I want you just your legitimate, genuine reaction here. This is Kyler Murray today addressing the Phoenix media, and I believe this has the question in it, so I'm just going to play it. Kyler, obviously, we've talked about, you know, the teams taking you out of the running game. As a positive, what can you guys do where you can kind of take advantage of that from a schematical standpoint?
6: (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Um... I think I think like uh, like I said. I think uh, you know I'm not. I don't feel like you know I have to be able to run for us to be successful. I I know that's not the case. Um, If they they choose to uh, you know make me hand the ball off, then I have to hand the ball off. Um, Other than that, man, I I, like I said. I think we uh, if we eliminate shooting ourselves in the foot, uh, we have a good chance of uh, you know uh, winning the game. I think it's pretty. evident or i think y'all have been watching us uh you know when we're, when we're clicking you know we're not we're not doing those things we're not you know having self-inflicted wounds
5: having penalties and stuff like that i would you think well apparently kyler thinks that kevin zimmerman's yeah. really funny Like <laughs> <laughs> kevin zimmerman is a funny guy i don't what was the laughing about i don't did he look i, I don't i mean on a zoom and everything i can't see i i can't see it but like did he get a funny text or I, something cuz like I don't I don't see what was so funny about
1: that I was not on that Zoom call but everything I have heard is that laughter was not at something else So Weird. I guess it was at the question which maybe because he thinks that he's
5: answered that already a few times that's i don't know like the only question
1: i may have about the cardinals right now (laughs) maybe because he's actually frustrated he can't run right now yeah maybe. maybe you know that's interesting maybe because he did have that line of all i can do is hand the ball off if that's what they tell me to do um we're gonna get back into that when we come back and also where is Kyler Murray on the top 25 players under 25? He's in a pretty good spot, according to ESPN. That's next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.
0: The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, welcome back to the
1: show. Let's get through some of the news that's going on before we get back into the, uh, the Cardinals. We agree that Washington won that trade, right? John Wall maybe plays every other game. Russell Westbrook is still good. This doesn't, like, make the Wizards a title contender or anything, but in case you missed it, it woes reporting right as we went on the air that Russell Westbrook is going to the Wizards for John Wall and a first-round pick. I mean, if anybody won it, I think Washington won it, right? Well, Russell Westbrook lost. That's That's for sure. (laughs) We know who lost the trade. Uh, and then also, did you see this bear? Steve Gilbert just tweeted out Archie Bradley now a free agent after being non-tendered by the Reds. Really? Wow. So there you Come go. Come home, Arch. It's uh, It's been a few months. But yeah. We've missed you. Yeah. Archie Bradley is just hanging I out. Doubt, I there. doubt
5: it's going to happen, but that'd be kind of interesting. Would you want him back, though? Sure. You're a huge yeah, guy. Sure, yeah, sure. Um, you're I'm, wearing a D-backs hat right now in the course. middle of December. This is yes, this okay. is the hat that I wear. Okay. <laughs> First time I've ever. seen I have you. like a rotation of like three hats, but this is the hat I wear the most. Okay, but that's your I number mean, one star. Uh, in terms of, in terms of a baseball move, I don't know if they should bring him back, but I mean, you're not going to get any pushback from the fan base if you brought back archie bradley it's
1: true and it's not like he's terrible it's not no. like you'd be doing it just as pr and then he'd be a bad pitcher or something hopefully it wouldn't uh, but either way he's out there now uh okay into the uh the the Cardinals stuff and i'm gonna play the audio again we played right before the break and it's it's a little awkward and how many times have we played kyler murray audio this season that's a little awkward here we go kyler obviously we've talked about you know the teams taking you out of the running game as a positive, what can you
7: guys do where you can kind of take advantage of that from a schematical standpoint?
6: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I think like, uh, like I said, I think, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I don't feel like I, you know, I have to be able to run for us to be successful. I, I know that's not the case. Um, if, they, if they choose to, um, you know, make me hand the ball off, then I have to hand the ball off. Um, other than that, man, I, I, like I said, I think we, uh, if we eliminate shooting ourselves in the foot, uh, we have a good chance of, uh, you know, um, winning the game. I think it's pretty uh, evident, or I think y'all have been watching us. Uh, you know, when we're when we're clicking, you know, we're not. We're not doing those things. We're not, you know, having self-inflicted wounds, having penalties and stuff like that. All
1: right. I mean, I like Kyler Murray. I think he has a chance to be the biggest star in this city. It's, it's obviously him or Devin Booker. I mean, with all due respect to Chris Paul, but uh, I'm not saying who's the best player or the most accomplished player in the city. I'm just saying, like, who has the most star power? Kyler Murray plays quarterback and was the number one overall pick last year. But that is not the first time we've heard a weird answer to a question, and I don't, like, if he's that frustrated from that question, my first thought was like, dude, it's a good thing you don't play in New York or Chicago or Boston or somewhere where they're going to be, they're still going to be asking you about your height if a pass gets tipped. You know, there's nothing that can be done about that. But this... Is that not the most important question surrounding the Cardinals right now? And I, I'm I'm just reading into it that he seemed pretty upset that he was even being asked the question. Look, I get it. There are plenty of uh, there are plenty of media members that try to make the show about themselves, and you'll see it. You don't really see it in this market, but you'll see it in other markets where you know the, somebody somebody knows how to push a coach's buttons so they're gonna ask questions that they know are gonna get that coach angry and he's probably gonna probably gonna blow up and it's gonna be on sports center and their questions gonna be out there and oh isn't that amazing and oh look I was I, I you know I got verbally attacked by the coach, that was me. That's not that question right there honestly is the only thing I care about with the Cardinals right now. If they're going to stop Kyler Murray from running, what are you gonna do about it? Because if you're not gonna do anything about it, then the season's gonna end in five weeks. I guarantee you, the Rams with that coaching staff, who by the way have beat the Cardinals six times in a row, have watched what Detroit did and what Seattle, to a certain extent, did the second time, what the Patriots did, and what Miami. You know, Kelvin Beecham, We had the audio yesterday where he was saying, "Look at the 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 teams coached by guys from the Belichick tree." So Belichick, Matt Patricia, when he was still with Detroit. And uh, Brian Flores with Miami, they defended us differently. That's what Kelvin Beacham said yesterday. It didn't really work for Miami. I mean, Miami won the game, and so did New England, and so did Detroit. But Kyler Murray still a huge game against Miami. It's not his fault they lost. It's not Kyler Murray's fault they lost to New England either. But something's going to have to change. The Cardinals are going to have to respond. I'm I'm Kind of shocked that question got that response from Kyler Murray. I was a hundred percent in his corner after the Dolphins game when they lost. Right after the game, you know, it's fifteen minutes after you lose a game like that, and Kyler had a huge game, and he took a while to answer the questions. He still answered them, but remember that was the week where it was like, oh my Bart Scott nationally was. I mean Bart Scott's gonna have a field day with this audio tomorrow. <laughs>
5: like, <laughs> why is he laughing? <laughs> Is that
1: a smile I see after a loss? Why is he so jolly? Who are you, Derek Anderson? Um, <laughs> How dare you bring up that name? Um, I don't buy into any of the, oh, Kyler Murray is not a good leader and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And this this audio doesn't, like, prove it. It's true. It doesn't prove that I'm wrong. But, uh, man, <laughs> like, again, if that question's going to bother you, like I said, I was fully in his corner. He was upset after the Dolphins game and you could tell he was just the, the loss stung and he didn't want to answer questions and everybody freaked out. And I remember doing this show. I remember doing the postgame show that night right after the, the comments came out. I was like, look, the guy's upset that they lost. He put it all out there and you lost to the Dolphins. He has every right to be upset. But this is a Wednesday and he's being asked a question that, like I said, is probably the most important question around the Cardinals right now, other than like, is Larry Fitzgerald okay? That's about the only other thing I care about more than, hey, how are you guys going to adapt because other teams have adapted? I'm I'm really surprised that bothered him as much as it did. Uh speaking of Larry Fitzgerald, Cliff Kingsbury just spoke to the media about an hour ago and he had this to say about the players. Uh, on the COVID list.
3: I'm thinking, it sounds like Deontay will be back really soon. And i uh, not sure um, on Fitch just yet. He's still working through those pro- protocols, but it was good to have Trent back out there today. He's one of our special team aces, and, and we definitely missed him on, on last Sunday.
1: Yeah, Trent Shurfield, uh, good to go now. And they did miss him. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's as simple as saying, well, you know, Trent Shurfield, which is why the Patriots ran a punt back for a touchdown. I know it ultimately didn't count because of the, blindside block, but they ran a punt back for a touchdown. And I don't think that's just because the Cardinals didn't have Trent Shurfield. But at this point where there's absolutely no margin for error at all, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, I want Shurfield out there. I want Fitz out there. The game against the Rams coming up, obviously being hyped up quite a bit. Kingsbury, and and I've talked about this before, when he sees a team multiple times, This is one of the things I like about Cliff Kingsbury. The Cardinals seem to perform better. And and some of it, it's like, okay, you know, there's a small sample size. But, I mean, I know Detroit, they tied last year and they lost to them this year. But, I mean, three points this year. Maybe just not much of anything changed. Uh, Carolina, they've seen twice for some reason. You know, I guess they got a little bit worse there. But, like, the first San Francisco game last year to the second one, Cardinals got better. To their first meeting with San Francisco this year, Cardinals won the game. With Seattle, they've gone back and forth. Like, a team that Cliff Kingsbury has seen a few times, the Cardinals do tend to get a little bit better. But again, they're 0-6 against the Rams over the last three years. Only two of those are on Kingsbury. One of them was coming out of the bye last year, and they got obliterated. The second one was Week 17. It was a lot closer, but they still lost. So the question posed to Coach Kingsbury today, how do the Rams this year... Compared to the team you saw last year,
3: still a very good football team. Um, you know the, the new defense coordinator; I think he's done a great job with with that group, um, running a completely new scheme. But they're playing really hard, playing really fast, uh, playing at a high level on defense. And then you know, Sean's one of the bright offensive minds in the league, and has been the last few years. And um, week in, week out, is really, really a challenge to, to try and slow him down. So it'll be uh, it'll be a tough game, as we know. We haven't had a lot of success against him in the. the you know, recent memory, and we got to uh, got to try and put an end to that.
1: Yeah, outscored 195 to 56 over the last six meetings with the Rams. With uh, Bruce Arians involved, Carson Palmer involved, Steve Wilkes, Josh Rosen, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, but the constant is Sean McVeigh on the other side. Also, lest we forget, Sean McVeigh is the main reason that uh, that Cliff Kingsbury got hired as a head coach in the NFL with no experience. And also remember the, on draft night, the picture of Kingsbury's living room that was circulating everywhere. If you've seen a picture of Sean McVay's like living room slash backyard, it's eerily similar. So two of the brightest young offensive minds among NFL head coaches meeting this weekend, but it goes back to what, uh, what I was saying last night in the NFC West, Kingsbury's really got his work cut out for him when he's going up against Sean McVay, who is obviously a lot more accomplished than Kingsbury. Kyle Shanahan, who's a lot more accomplished, and then Pete Carroll, who's more accomplished than any of them. So, I mean, the coaching battle within the division, the Cardinals are gonna be the underdogs in that regard every time. Now, fortunately they have Kyler Murray, so they're gonna be they're gonna have an advantage over the Rams, or at least they should. I'll take Kyler Murray over Jared Goff and I'll take Kyler Murray over whatever the 49ers are running out there quarterback. But this weekend is uh, it's it's a game that the Cardinals need to find a way to steal. And the Rams honestly are probably about the worst team to be other than the Chiefs or potentially the. I shouldn't say the worst team. I mean, if you beat them, it, it changes everything for you. But they are the team that, that poses maybe the biggest challenges to the Cardinals possible other than the Chiefs. All right, we come back. We're getting back into basketball because that is the more uplifting topic right now. We're going to talk to our own Kellen Olson, his impressions of Chris Paul, and just the Suns in general now that we know they're opener. We know they're not playing on Christmas. We're less than three weeks away from the start of the NBA season. That's next. It's The Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7
0: FM, Arizona Sports Station seven FM, Arizona's sports station and the home of the Suns. Home of the Suns. We're checking in with Suns nerd, Kellen Olson on the rundown.
1: Yeah, we are. Luke Lipinski back here with you. And three weeks from tonight, Suns Mavericks on national television. We're joined now on the Coulter Automotive Group sports line by the one and only Kellen Olson. Kellen, how are you doing tonight?
8: I feel like everyone has the same reaction. Um, there was that clip of LeBron uh, on the podcast talking about the Suns, and he Richard Jefferson co-hosts that podcast. And when LeBron told Richard he plays the, his first preseason game in 13 days, Richard was like, "13 days? <laughs> it's 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 wild and kind of hard to believe." But we're we're getting there. Uh, let's let's start with the little stuff. The
1: Suns not playing on Christmas Day. The schedule uh, for that was released last night. Um, I guess two-part question. When are we getting the actual first half of the NBA season schedule? Is that supposed to be Friday?
8: We don't know. Yeah, we we don't know. We heard rumblings of yesterday, and then it never happens. I would assume this week with how they're kind of slowly rolling out the first week and Christmas and stuff like that sometime this week.
1: Okay, so now with the Christmas stuff, uh, were you A, surprised that the Suns aren't on there, and B, is it a big deal to you at all?
8: No, it's, it's it's not a big deal to me, and I'm not surprised because what people have to understand about that spot is that you look at it and you say, like, this is where the top teams go, and I think it was kind of f- framed in a wrong way. That is where it, that is where some of the top teams go, but it's also where some of the top attractions go. The Pelicans and the Warriors took the two spots where you figured where you would have penciled in the Suns, but you just got to remember, like, the, the bottom line is, uh, I hate to say this, but more people are going to tune in for to watch Zion than the Suns. More people are going to tune in to watch Steph than the Suns. Like, they... They run a lot of numbers and know a lot of stuff in terms of their viewership and what they want to see, and, and that's the bottom line right now. But this is the, the the point. There is this the bubble is going to be an extension of this upcoming season for Devin, where he really certifies himself as one of those guys, as one of the five to ten players that fans want to see on national TV. Um, and and I'm, I'm expecting quite a few national TV games for them already this upcoming season, of course, with Chris Paul and how the bubble went, where he'll really be able to certify himself as one of the stars in the league and be one of those guys where, okay, you're not one of the five or six best teams in the league, but you're one of the most exciting, and you have this star player who we want people to see on Christmas, and it'll get there. I would be... I would be very surprised if within like two to three years they weren't playing on Christmas just because of the caliber of player that Devin is.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, that that all kind of broke during our show last night, and that was sort of my reaction of like, yeah, I mean, we all want to see them on Christmas, but A, it's not that big of a deal, and B... Just go out there and do this season what we expect you to do, and you'll probably be on Christmas within a year or two, like you just said. Uh, Okay, I want to get your impression on some of the the Zoom calls that the Suns have had this week. I want to ask you about a couple things. I'll start with Monty Williams yesterday when he was asked what he wants from or what he is hoping from Devin Booker this season. And, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he essentially said, like, the sky's still the limit with Devin Booker. And he even mentioned, you know, maybe he could get up into MVP conversation. Do we really know what the ceiling is on Booker now that Chris Paul's here?
8: No, I'm glad you said it because I don't think enough people have been talking about it. The discussion points have maybe more been like, can they coexist? I absolutely think they can coexist. And to the point where I think Devin gained so much from the small amount of time he spent with team USA and seeing how guys like Durant, Kyrie, Steph, Clay, how they operate. And he's going to get an entire season with like almost the best example of that type of competitor in the league, which is Chris. And I just don't even know. That's that's what, like if you wanted me to absolutely shut down the notion that he could not make first team All NBA this year, I won't do it because I just don't know the levels that he's going to be able to reach with a guy like Chris. Just from so many different levels, I'm not even talking about really on the court first. I'm just talking about the day to day and how they're going to improve so much faster um, with Paul just setting the tone in practice every day and just being that type of guy who has young players grow at an accelerated rate with him. And the thing that's so exciting from those Zoom calls and hearing from Monty and hearing from Chris is Monty and, and Chris had a go at this a decade ago. Monty's first NBA uh, season as a head coach was with Chris Paul, and then Chris Paul got traded the year after. And Monty spoke like someone who maybe didn't have regrets, that's a bit strong, but certainly reflects on that time and thinks like how, better, how much better it could have gone. And, and Chris Paul brought up today on his Zoom call – that him and Monty had an unbelievable, that's the word that he used to describe it, uh, conversation where they both just kind of talked about how they've grown as not only player coach, but as people. Because it's been a whole decade. Chris was twenty five, now he's thirty five and, and Monty's gotten so much more experience as a coach that I think that they're just they're both just so excited to like be back with each other and, and with all that they've learned. And and come to know and who is that going to benefit the most? It's going to benefit Devin the most. Yeah, uh, I, I I really can't honestly say like, what is he going to be a top five MVP candidate? I'm not going to shut it down. I won't do it. He's that good.
1: <laughs> well, that's great. It's great to even be able to to say that. And have it, you know, be legitimate. It's not just like, oh, we want the Suns to be good because they're here. So that means Devin Booker's a top five player. This isn't that. I mean, there's a possibility that he achieves that this season. Uh, What were your first impressions of Chris Paul on the Zoom call today? I mean, obviously, you're familiar with him. He's been in the league for 15 years. But as far as, as Chris Paul as a son, anything in particular he said today stand out to you?
8: Um, you've been on a lot of Zoom calls and just heard a lot of Larry Fitzgerald interviews, as I'm sure a lot of people listening have as well, just as fans of the Cardinals. And it was sort of a version of that where he's been around so many times that he knows how to navigate and not even navigate. That's the wrong word. That makes it sound like he's like shying away from questions or anything. He can really take any question at all, a good or a bad one and make his own interesting point on it. And he's also someone who's incredibly self-aware. He Multiple times reference, like, hey, look, like, I might not be everyone's cup of tea when it comes to when I'm being a competitor at this level, but the bottom line is, like, I will never tell someone to do something that I wouldn't be willing to do myself. And that, and he just has really seemed to have grown. He even referenced, like, moments in Houston, and Houston was only, like, three to four years ago for him when he was in his 30s already of just things that he learned. And he talked about a moment with an assistant coach there where the assistant coach told him, like, look, like, you just got to get past the fact that the bottom line is, like, some guys aren't going to care as much as you. Like, that's just the unfortunate truth here. And you got to learn how to, like, battle with that and, and get past that. And, again, like, that was three to four years ago. So he's still learning. He talked about his OKC season and how he learned that he while he respects everything that the media does and he doesn't mean any offense to us, um, all those expectations and predictions are nonsense at the end of the day because he proved it in Oklahoma City. So I, I, it's just really cool to hear from a guy like that who – hit hit this point when he was playing with Monty a decade ago where he was one of the five to ten best players in the league and he's continued to like learn and grow and I think that Suns fans on top of like what I've been saying for the past couple of months and like I don't think they understand how good of a player he is. He's just a really top level person too with the work that he's done with the players association and everything that he does off the court as well. And I think people are going to be really um, he's going to become really endearing for fans to hear from. You
1: know, the, the perception of the organization, I feel like, has changed so much now in the last few weeks, and, and certainly from where it was two years ago, it's 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 like night and day. I mean, this is not, there's no right answer to this question, I guess, but just in your opinion, what percentage of that do you think is simply the fact that Chris Paul is on the team, because now you got LeBron talking about them, and you've got people nationally taking notice, and like, I know a lot of it is the fact they went 8-0 in the bubble, but just the credibility he brings simply by putting the Suns uniform on, it has it feels like it's changed everything.
8: I think there's a different way to phrase it. I think that he instilled a lot of credibility because of the reasons that he decided to come here, which were what the Suns have already built here and, and Devin being here. He came here because he wanted to play with Devin, because he saw what Monty was doing here, he saw what James Jones was doing here, and... The thing is, uh, Luke, the Jay Crowder story earlier in the week, like he turned down more money in Dallas, and Dallas has just struck out on free agent after free agent the past decade. The Suns, and I know a lot of longtime fans are going to tell me like they haven't had like a huge free agent signing or whatever, but like people want to live here. It's a very desirable place to be. We have all those clips from all these years of just like Kevin Durant saying like, Old Town and Scottsdale is like his favorite place to be and his favorite, one of his favorite cities that isn't the one that he plays in. And like Blake Griffin was another one, I think like guys want to play here. So it was just a matter of them taking that advantage they had and working with it. And that's what they've really done here. And you hear Jay Crowder say the same thing. Like he just played against book and and Chris Paul described it as like we're we borderline fought almost every time we played against each other, because that's how much of a competitor he is. And if you play like that, at the level that Devin does for four to five years, which is what he's done, you're going to earn the respect of everyone around the league. And they're also going to want to play with you. And that's what happened. Chris Paul wanted to play with Devin Booker. Jay Crowder wanted to play with Devin Booker. I I know some people are going to be rubbed the wrong way by us, like propelling someone this much who hasn't been in the playoffs before, but that's about to change. And he's about to show people uh, why this is the case and why he's so well respected around the league. Um, And it's, it's a huge, huge deal. Like having that caliber of talent just does so much for you in a league like this specifically that is really unlike the major league baseball or the NFL or the NHL even, where you can really like dictate guys coming to you based on, your situation and what you can offer guys, which is playing with Devin and playing for money.
1: Yeah, how long have we been talking about this where it's the NBA, you have to be able to get other really good players to want to play for your team, and now it's a a version of it is happening here for the Suns. Uh, Kellen, real quick before we let you go, just want to get your thoughts on that Westbrook trade tonight for people that haven't heard it yet. uh, Russell Westbrook going to the Wizards and John Wall in a first-round pick coming back to Houston.
8: I really have no idea because it's been it's been a really long time since we've seen John Wall fully healthy. Like he played, he played like a year or two ago, but he was battling through injuries a lot. And when he was uh, like five, six years ago, he was one of the one of the best an uh, uh, All Star every single year. Like one of the top 10, 15 best players in the league. He was an optimist Dime, He was an awesome point guard. I, I think he's a more team friendly version, obviously, than Russell Westbrook to put alongside James Harden. But you still want the ball in Wall's hands because of how great of a playmaker he is. I'm not sure on the Houston side. I love it on the Washington side. I think that if you stick Russell Westbrook with a million shooters and one of them is Bradley Beal, that that can work. That can work for sure if Russell Westbrook is just the downhill force that he was driving in Houston for that three-month stretch. If he can be that in Washington, and the key thing to remember is Washington's head coach is Scott Brooks. And, And Scott Brooks has done nothing but just praise Russell time after time for this time they spent in Oklahoma city together, but also just years later and continues to speak really highly of him. Now they're reunited. Russell's got to be like ecstatic that he lands back with him, a coach that really understands his game and helped him grow with those teams with Kevin Durant and James Harden on them. So uh, I'd look at the Washington side more in terms of being excited, but from a son's perspective, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how to look at the Rockets. I think it's more of a wash than anything. It's not the blow it up trade that we might've expected Luke where they fall down the standings. I don't think that's the case, and I think they're going to be in the playoff picture, which is kind of unfortunate to hear for uh, Suns fans.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess if they're keeping James Harden, it's, it's hard to, to write them out of the playoffs. Kellen, great stuff as always, man. Thanks for the time. Thanks. All right, it's Kellen Olson joining us on the Coulter Automotive Group Sportsline, Coulter Cadillac Tempe. Experience the difference. Visit CoulterCadillacTempi.com. And yeah, check out all Kellen's stuff on, uh, on ArizonaSports.com. He's obviously a regular on the show, but uh, you know, for the longest time, he's been writing about a basketball team that was winning 22 games a year, and now he's covering a team very in-depth that, uh, who knows? Who knows what the ceiling is? I mean, to me, that's one of the best things about sports, is when the team that you like and the team that you follow you don't know what the ceiling is. And I think to a certain extent that's what was so exciting about the Cardinals the first half of the season. Now we're kind of getting a sense of what that ceiling might be this uh, this season, but still big picture with the Cardinals that's it's uh, it's very similar. So, good stuff there by Kel. When We come back. We are going to play a round of over under. That's next. It's the rundown with Luke Lipinski on 987 FM Arizona Sports Station.
0: This is The Rundown, hosted by Luke Lipinski, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station.
1: All right, welcome back to the show. We've got the, that's not a poll question, but we've got, a, a, you can tweet into the show at rundown987. We're going to do the top five reasons we are excited about the Suns here. This season, uh, about a half hour we're going to do that. But you can tweet and we're already seeing some responses uh, to that. Some pretty good ones. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. We did the the top five reasons we're most concerned about the Cardinals last night. So I just felt like we needed to do this to sort of like swing the, uh, the mood back towards positivity. Uh, Dave wrote in real quick, too, before we get to over under. Why are you baffled by Kyler's laugh? He's laughing over the same dumb questions over and over? We're all tired of the same questions. How are we going to adapt by studying film and making adjustments? Dumb questions get dumb answers? I, I look, I want to be clear. I'm not I'm not upset at Kyler Murray for laughing. I don't really care. but I'm telling you, He's, he gets national criticism from guys like Bart Scott when he doesn't do, when he do, it just takes a few seconds to answer a question after a loss, which that stuff with the Miami game, I thought that was ridiculous he was getting the criticism he was. But dude, don't open yourself up to that criticism. That question, I agree, there are a ton of dumb questions asked over and over again, but that's part of why you get paid to be an NFL quarterback. And that particular question, if you don't want to answer it, then like beat the Rams. But. <laughs> you're going to go out there and not score against the Patriots, you're going to get asked questions you don't want to be asked. All right, uh, it is time now for uh, a round of over-under. So I've got four numbers I'm going to throw at Cody, and he's got four he's going to throw at me. It's a very simple game. You have to go over or under. You cannot push. Cody, I'll go first, and I will start with basketball. Okay. Over-under seven-and-a-half playoff games for the Suns this year. So, if you go over, obviously that means you. That means they've won a series. Yeah, there's no way to play eight playoff games and not win a series. Hmm.
5: I'm going to say under. Okay. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I'm not that confident in them winning a series yet. I hope I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong. Um,
1: do you think, side note, that we are kind of in the excitement, not paying enough attention to a team like Portland that got better? Or oh, like yeah. Something, like there, there seems to be this like thought of the Suns are the only team that got better. I mean, there are other good teams in the West. Yeah. I,
5: and you kind got to remember, too, that the Warriors are getting Steph Curry back. I know Klay Thompson is out for the year, but Kelly Oubre should help that team as well. And Wiseman. I Wiseman mean, looks might be the to be pretty, pretty good. The yeah. So they're probably going to be in the mix, too. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. All right. you, you
1: would take the over on half a playoff game, though, right? Like oh, you yeah. definitely. They're yeah, making, they're okay. making the playoffs. Okay. At least they should. If they don't, then something disastrous that's, happened. Yeah, we're going to. I lot don't of even want to think here. about nope. that.
5: My first question is pretty simple for you. If Zayn Gonzalez keeps kicking the way that he's been kicking, <laughs> oh god, he will play over under three and a half more games for the Cardinals. Under,
1: like if you're saying so. If he, keep, if, if he keeps missing big kicks like that. So he keeps making the the majority of his kicks, but he misses big ones when the game's on the line. Yeah, they'll they'll do something else. I would say if he... I don't even want to say loses them a game again, even if he made the kick against the Patriots. Patriots still have time after. But, but if he goes out there with a chance to beat the Rams this week, in the final two minutes he misses a 43-yard kick, I don't think he's kicking the next week. I, I don't know how he can at that point. Uh, okay. I'll stay with football, then, since you took us here. Over, under, half of a rushing touchdown against the Rams for Kyler Murray. To give you context, um, Kyler Murray has no rushing touchdowns, obviously, the last two games. But prior to that, he had rushing touchdowns in five straight. He had six rushing touchdowns over the the previous five games. And he still has ten this season, even though he has none the last two weeks.
5: Oh. My gut says under that he won't get one
1: Ugh, I don't like that Now,
5: I'm not saying he won't run
1: okay. Against the Rams, but I don't know if he'll get in the end zone Is it wrong that I trust him to get in the end zone From three yards out more than any of the running
5: You're backs You're not wrong team? there okay. I mean, Kenyon Drake couldn't get it in on, what, two tries At the end of the first half against yeah. New England?
1: I hope he does I, I just, I don't know wouldn't it be great if he like ran for three touchdowns this weekend and yes. just beat the Rams convincingly? Yes. Wouldn't it be great to win a game convincingly against a team that wasn't the Jets or the Cowboys? It sure
5: would. It sure would. Um, all right, I'll go back to basketball. LeBron James signed a max extension with the Lakers, unfortunately. Two years for $85 million. So, LeBron James will play over-under three more years in the NBA.
1: With the Lakers or just anywhere? Anywhere. Uh, I know he wants to play with his kid. Yeah, his kid is 16 years old. It doesn't guarantee his kid's going to make the NBA, though. I guess. Oh,
5: someone will draft him. He's the son of LeBron. By the way, if someone's see, drafting like Lonzo Ball and all those kids,
1: Leangelo Li- Ball signed with the Pistons today. What are
5: the Pistons doing? Wow. Did you see that <laughs> their their two year deal with Josh Jackson is fully guaranteed? Uh, why not? Yeah, when, because when you're that close to winning a title, he's proven so much that he's a great player.
1: Um, I honestly, I know I said you can't push, so I'll pick an answer. But I would say probably three years is, is probably the exact number for LeBron. I don't think he's going under though, so I I will if I have to go over or under, I'll go over okay. three more years because I do think at a certain point if he gets anywhere near six rings, he's going to want to push for that too. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll go with the Suns again. Over under 17 points per game for Chris Paul this season. And I'll give you some context here. He's only gone o- under 17 points per game per season. Last year, or, I'm sorry, two years ago, he had 15.6. 2010-11, he was 15.9, and as a rookie in 2005-06, he had 16.1. Last year, he averaged 17.6 points per game, and for his career, he averages 18.1. Well, then the safe bet is to say over, I mean, right? I would, Yeah, I would hope so, but yeah. I mean, who knows?
5: I think he'll get over that.
1: Okay, if he gets over that, they are definitely a playoff. Yes,
5: team. I'll stick with the Suns here. They're set to open their season against the Dallas Mavericks on national TV. Look at that. So I'll ask you. The Suns will play on national TV over under 10 times this year. Not including if they make the playoffs or not cuz all those are on national TV. Yeah. Uh, over. In the regular season. Times. I'm trying to figure out how many they played last year. Like 0, right? Or 2? Yeah. I I think I think, Some, they I I think sometimes they get like that late TNT game. Yeah, on Thursdays
1: sometimes, but uh 72 games. I'll go slightly under. I, they'll probably get like eight or nine. So that's a good number to have it. You said 10 and a half? Just 10. ten whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, obviously next year, I think we, I, I do think they'll play on Christmas in 2021. Unless things go sideways this year. But I, I think because that's, you know, beyond that, you don't know if Chris Paul will be on the team after that next season. So, yeah, I think I'll give them, I'll give them slightly under 10 this year. Uh, okay, last one for you. This one's not local. This is just NFL in general. The Steelers played today. They beat the Ravens. They're eleven and zero. Over under one and a half losses for the Steelers all season. So counting playoffs too. So even if you think they're going to go sixteen and zero, well, if they go sixteen an, and, 0, if then, one
5: and a half losses. Yeah, I'll take the over. Okay. I don't. I don't think they're they're making the playoffs, but I think they won't get by the Chiefs. Okay, so they'll have to lose at least. That's one. That's one, but I don't. I think they'll lose another game. Okay. My, I'm with you. My last question was Steelers related to, I was going to say over under 15
1: wins. Just in the regular season? Yeah. What is, I'm trying to remember who else they have other than Buffalo now that's left on the schedule. The schedule's not that easy. Like, I, this is going to sound crazy. I could almost see Washington doing something weird to them this week. Uh, because of the weird, the like the, the odds start. I mean, they're gonna play so an they, early game against the Washington football team on Monday. So, they have Washington, Buffalo, Cincinnati, yeah. Indianapolis, and Cleveland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not going over 15 wins, I think they're losing to Buffalo or the Colts, if not both. So, Cleveland, I guess, Cleveland's eight and three, yeah. I, they are eight and three, so I mean, it's it's good for them. Good. I mean. You are what your record says. That's true. I think Nick Chubb's one of the like three best running backs in the NFL. Yeah, I
5: I don't like him very much because he's taking away from Kareem Hunt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's enough running plays in Cleveland for both of them to get the ball. Uh, Okay, yeah, I'll go under 15 wins. That feels weird. Then that means they're going like three and two down the stretch. All right, we'll come back. Start hour number two of the show with the reload. Next, it's the rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: Arizona's Sports Station, the Rundown Reload. Rundown Reload.
1: Hour number two of the show live from the ak Community Studios. Luke Lipinski here with you. Cody Fincher behind the glass. We'll start the reload with the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul speaking to the Phoenix media today, the first time as a member of the Suns. Uh, He said a lot of things. He talked for a while. He's obviously uh, a lot of questions directed at him. Uh, We had Kellen Olsen on last hour. I I liked what he said, that a guy like Chris Paul is kind of like Larry Fitzgerald in an interview setting. Um, It's true. Guys like that, it's not that they dodge questions. It's that they kind of just talk about what they want to talk about. Like, they will take your question and... They'll turn it into whatever they want to talk about. And by the time it's done, you're like, oh, that's a good answer to that. Wait, I didn't ask that question. But Chris Paul is definitely there. I mean, you're talking about the president of the Players Association in the NBA. And you think about what that league, just uh, all the stuff that they took on just even last season and in the bubble. And and to get everything together to play this season starting less than three weeks now. Obviously, one of the uh, most well-spoken players around. He had a lot to say, but he also, you know, maybe the, the one that sums him up the most, just loves
4: playing basketball. What keeps me going is, um, this is fun. <laughs> you know, like, this is a whole lot of fun, and to get a chance to say that this is my way of life, like, this is supposed to be work. Like, I was on the table this morning, and um, today's our first day in the gym, and I could just hear the ball bouncing, and the trainer that I was working with, Adam, I was like, man, this feels good. Just, just to be around the game, to be around the guys, uh, guys that I know that have played in the league and have retired, you know, a lot of them say the biggest thing that they miss is they miss the locker room, they miss the camaraderie and being around guys, so uh, it's a competitiveness, and with everything going, going on in the world, this is somewhat of our escape, and for a lot of families, when they get a chance to watch the game and, and see the competition, I think it's a, a a nice piece of time for them, too. So I'm just excited to be uh, be back out here playing.
1: Yeah, the excitement around Chris Paul in a Suns uniform. I mean, you hear it from him, which it's, it's got to be there. Otherwise, it's it's going to die off real quick, but he obviously has it. But this is, this is the one stat I keep coming back to where it's like, go ahead and get excited if you're a Suns fan, because this team really could do some things this year. Chris Paul had Oklahoma City in the playoffs last year. Not not by himself, but he was the driving force. And he didn't just have them in the playoffs. A team with not nearly as much talent on the roster as the Suns have now this year. He had them tied for fourth with Houston. Two games back at Denver. Five games back at the Clippers. You know what I mean? So it's not like, oh yeah, Chris Paul had been trending the wrong way for three years, but then last year he kind of went on a run and was on an Oklahoma City team that snuck into eight because of, you know, the weirdness of the bubble. Like, no, no, no. All season, he drove Oklahoma City to basically the fourth best record in the West, not that far behind even the Clippers. And, yeah, they've got Shea Gilgis-Alexander. they got other players. But Chris Paul was the main driving force. Now you put him on a team with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, and you just you just can't help but get excited about the possibilities. One more from Chris Paul here: uh, his relationship with Devin Booker already. How was the workout with
4: Book? It was cool. He made a few shots. <laughs> I always say this over my career, you know, it's a few things that you know, is sort of going to draw you to a person depending on what you have in common. You know what I mean? Like, I love basketball. Like I love to be in the gym, love the hoop, my gym rat. And so, you know, Book is like that. You know what I mean? James Harden was like that. Um, Shea, Gilders-Alexander, he like that. You know what I mean? Our team was like that, OKC. Okay, and first day here, looks like everybody's like that too. So when you got guys like that, it's easy, it's easy to get along.
1: Yeah, good stuff there. Other uh, Suns news today. They're going to open the season three weeks from tonight. Downtown Phoenix, nationally televised game against Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Why not? Why not just start with Doncic? Why not? Uh, to the NFL, there was a game this afternoon, and why wouldn't there be? It's Wednesday and all. Pittsburgh, a 1914 win over the Baltimore Ravens. So Baltimore... I know the absurdity of this game kind of took away from the actual storylines just because it got pushed back almost an entire week, although it stayed within Week 12. The Steelers are 11-0. Baltimore 6-5. and I don't know that anybody expected them to win this game because literally half their team is out because of COVID protocol. But because they actually did lose it, I mean, 6-5, and there's a legitimate chance Baltimore misses the playoffs Uh, Entirely Now, in the AFC, at the moment, they are the nine seed. Even if things get crazy and the NFL has to expand the playoffs to eight, well, that's not nine, that's only eight. So Baltimore's still, I mean, they're within striking distance. They're tied with the Raiders for eight, technically. They're not that far behind the Colts and the Dolphins. And, you know, considering what Baltimore did last season, you figure they probably should be able to jump a couple of those teams. But 6-5 and five now, that's, uh, that's not great. Not after the season Baltimore had last year. Uh, briefly mentioned this earlier in the show, but ESPN ranked the NFL's top 25 players under the age of 25. And if this sounds familiar, Pro Football Focus did a similar list at the start of November. And it was kind of absurd because they had Kyler Murray 24th on that list. Kyler Murray clocks in at 1% on ESPN's list. The best NFL player under the age of 25 for this season. And I'll give you some of the other names. Miles Garrett is two. Quentin Nelson, uh, the offensive lineman of the Colts, is third. DK Metcalf, fourth. Lamar Jackson, fifth. The main ones, I guess, that you would compare Kyler to specifically are Lamar, who's fifth. Josh Allen, who's sixth. And uh, and Kyler Murray is uh, ranked ahead of all of them. And honestly... Do you disagree with that? Buddha Baker, incidentally, comes in at eight. Um, I don't know who, who who could you even make the case to have over Kyler Murray. I think you you take him over Josh Allen and Lamar at this point. I mean, I guess maybe Christian McCaffrey, but Christian McCaffrey has played two and a half games this year. So national perception of uh, of Kyler, it, it's it is interesting because you have the Bart Scotts of the world that don't think he's. He's a leader, but then you certainly... Nobody generates more buzz about any of the teams in this city right now than Kyler Murray. I mean, that's just sort of the nature of the business if you're a good quarterback in the NFL, and especially with the upside that Kyler Murray has. Even if he can't run the last two weeks, we all know he can run. Uh, Back to the NBA real quick. Russell Westbrook on his way out of Houston... To, Washington to play with Bradley Beal and the Wizards. John Wall and a first-round pick coming back to Houston. Does it mean anything for the Suns? Probably not yet because it's not James Harden getting dealt, so it doesn't mean that Houston's blowing up their team. But I think if you were pressed and you had, you had to say who won this trade specifically for this year, so you can kind of take the first-round pick out of the equation for a second, Washington won the trade for this year. Like, Washington got—Russell Westbrook's a better player than John Wall, and, and John Wall just hasn't played much the last couple of years. So, you know, maybe he's healthier this season. I saw a lot earlier today, actually, randomly, just looking at something on John Wall, that Washington's plan was really to, uh, to engage in a lot of load management with John Wall. Like, any back-to-backs, he wasn't playing both games. And I don't know if Houston's going to follow that same policy, but you have to think from the Suns' perspective— No, this doesn't drop Houston out of the playoffs by any means. If they're going to still have James Harden, they're probably still going to be a playoff team. But they did get a little bit worse. Anytime some talent leaves the Western Conference, I'm fine with that, especially if the Suns are going for it this season because it just seems like anytime a big name is on the move, they seem to be going... If they go from one conference to another, they seem to go east to west, like LeBron a couple years ago. And the top 2 picks in every draft seem to be uh, belonging to western conference teams over like the last 6 years i think it's 10 of 12 have have belonged to western conference teams so a little bit of a uh, little bit of talent leaving the western conference and potentially opening the door for a uh, a, a team to be caught by the phoenix suns in the uh, the playoff race a team that was that was certainly in last year in the 4 seed uh, as the houston rockets all right when we come back that's probably a reason to get excited about the suns but it's not it's not going to be one of my top 5 but we're going to give you our top five reasons. Myself and Cody will read some of the ones that listeners wrote in at Rundown 987 as well. Top five reasons you're excited about the Suns this season, right now. It starts in three weeks. That's next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 987 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: The Rundown, 987 FM, Arizona Sports Station. <laughs>
1: Okay, in case you haven't heard this yet, we're about to do the top five reasons we are excited about this upcoming Suns season. It starts three weeks from tonight. They'll be playing the Dallas Mavericks. Obviously, preseason starts much sooner. I believe the first preseason game is December 12th. But this is LeBron James... Earlier today on ESPN, talking about the Pacific Division, and he makes
3: sure to call out the Phoenix Suns. Our division is tough now. Yeah. You know, CP, is, CP is now in our division. Yeah. Yes, Phoenix is going to be there. They are. They, uh, I mean, my 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 guy, James Jones, has done a hell of a job over there. Shout out, champ! Shout out, champ! Shout out, champ! Shout out, champ. Shout out, champ. He's done a hell of a job, and, and not only acquiring uh, CP3, but he is building that team. He's got some really really good things going on over there to add to the All Star, future superstar Devin Book.
1: Yeah, look I know a lot of people don't like LeBron especially cuz he's on the Lakers. But it's never a bad thing when he's when he's talking your team up because He wouldn't just do it for the sake of doing it. I know James Jones is his guy, as he just pointed out, and he's obviously very good friends with Chris Paul. But uh, that wasn't a question even about the Suns, and he brought them up. And, again, that's the sort of stuff that wasn't happening a month ago even. and certainly wasn't happening a year ago. All right, Cody, I'm going to let you go first. Number five on your list, the top five reasons you personally are excited about this Phoenix Suns season. Okay, uh,
5: number five for me. I'm more. I'm excited to see more of Cam Johnson uh, this season. After you know what he was able to do in the bubble, looks like he's going to be a really good shooter in this league. And it looks like now he's going to get a lot more playing time um, with Kelly Oubre being traded away. Um, so yeah, that's for me, Cam Johnson. More uh, of him. That is
1: uh, another shooter, also for Chris Paul yeah. to find on the perimeter. So. Yeah. And, I mean, we saw this with Steph for the last, basically, decade. When you have a guy on your team that can just hit... I'm not comparing Kim Johnson to Steph. But when you have, like, shooters on your team, when they when they heat up, that's probably the most entertaining part about basketball is when you just have a guy that is just he can't miss that night. And Cam Johnson is um, one of the most likely players on the Suns to be that guy on, on any given night. My number five, Jay Crowder and just the new attitude around this team. It's not like you're going to go to games. Well, I guess you can't go to games. Now you're going to turn on games and be like, I want to watch Jay Crowder over anybody else. No. Okay. You've got Devin Booker and Chris Paul and Deandre Ayton. And like you just said, Cam Johnson, he may not be the guy you tune in necessarily to watch, but having him on the team, uh, his interview with Burns and Gambo earlier this week, just kind of added fuel to the fire. He wants to be here. He turned down money from a few teams, most notably Dallas. And to me, that's just symbolic of the sort of... the buzz around this team right now. And the toughness he's going to bring, I I mean, it's something that is is much needed for this group. Not that they weren't tough the last few years, but the next step this season was to get some some playoff experience and some toughness, and Chris Paul brings that stuff. But so does Jay Crowder, so it's not just one guy. So that's number five on my list. Uh, Number four for me is the fact... That they're getting
5: national attention again, and it's good, not just the terribleness that we've seen over the last few years. I mean, you just played LeBron James talking about how tough the Suns are going to be and how how much they've improved just by adding a couple guys and how good the job James Jones is doing and all that. And then I think we're going to see more... National TV games for the Suns, and there's only good to be had from that.
1: Yeah, I think you said it right there. It's just, it's good to have the talk around this team either be people discovering the Suns or people that want to see them. And and for the last. You know, at least for the last three or four years, maybe not as much last year, but the three years before that, it was like, I mean, they were just people were considering them the worst franchise in the NBA, one of the worst in in, in all professional North American sports. And it's like that has flipped and it, it hasn't just flipped because of Chris Paul. They flipped a lot of it to get to the point where Chris Paul wanted to come here. But I do think that perception, that attention really took off once Chris Paul uh, became a member of the Phoenix Suns. My number four is kind of similar to what you had at number five, but I'll lump in Mikael Bridges, too. Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson on the wing. I mean, like everybody, I'm sad to see Kelly Oubre go, and it would have been a different story if you couldn't get Chris Paul for him or if it sounded like he was going to stay beyond this upcoming season anyway. But um, knowing that he probably was done after this season and you get Chris Paul back, I, I'm, I'm excited about the upside of a guy like Mikael Bridges. And yeah, like you said, with Cam Johnson, those two guys are going to get a lot more playing time on the wing now. And I think that's 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 going to be a deciding factor for how far this team goes. Uh,
5: my number three, just just the guys they add in the offseason. Chris Paul, but like you, you've already said it uh, earlier. I'm excited to see what Jay Crowder brings to this team uh defensively toughness wise energy um i'm excited of what he's gonna you know keeping guys the younger guys like deandre ayton even devin booker accountable for things that they do wrong jay crowder's been around the block chris paul's been around the block so i'm excited to see what these veterans that they've they've added will actually do for for the young talented guys
1: uh, number three on my list, you've already mentioned, that's just the national attention. So and we're going to see it on opening night for them. On December 23rd, they open against the Mavericks. I mean, I know that they've had success against the Mavericks in these openers in the past, and it hasn't done anything for the rest of the season. But how excited is this city going to be if they go out there and handle Luka and the Mavericks in the first game? And the thing is, because of, of all the... I think founded optimism around this team even if they lose that first game it's not going to be like oh well here we go again but it's kind of like you have nothing to lose in that first But if you go out there national TV and even if it's Aiton's not ever going to be better than Luka he's not ever going to be as good as Luka but if Aiton's team beats Luka's team on national television the first night that'd that's be all cool. that matters yeah, right that's all win. we care about
5: I, that's kind of not true. I feel like every time the Suns play the Mavericks and Luca goes off, we 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 have that conversation. Well, the shoes they have drafted.
1: No, it's pain every time I yes. see Luca. I mean, remember the game in the bubble against uh, the Clippers, where I mean, it seems yeah. like he does every time he does something, and they're like, "Well, there, nobody's done this since Oscar Robertson." Wow, another like, record. Cool.
5: Okay, yeah, cool good for him. Meanwhile, DeAndre Eaton missed a COVID nineteen test. Yeah, you know, in the bubble. Anyway, Samantha. anywho, my last two have to do with Chris Paul. Uh, surprisingly, number two, what Chris Paul will do for Devin Booker. I think Kellen was talking about this with us earlier. Like he's he's been seeing how you know people are saying, "Oh, can they get along?" I don't think that's a question. I don't either. Chris Paul should make Devin Booker even better because now Chris Paul is a really good fourth quarter player and a really good fourth quarter shooter. So he's probably going to take a lot of pressure off of Devin Booker late in game. Uh, late in games and in in late game situations where they're trying to win and Devin Booker is probably going to find himself more open than he has in the past from the way Chris Paul can pass the ball yeah Yeah. so we barely
1: even talk about that don't right yeah oh yeah by the way Chris Paul's a really good point guard
5: Devin Booker is not going to have to create his own shots as much he still can and he still will. But not as much as he had to. So I'm excited to see what where Devin Booker's game goes with Chris Paul.
1: Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll piggyback on that. That's my number two. Are we going to see another level from Devin Booker? And you know, to your point, like you said, Kellen brought it up earlier. The people that are concerned that they may not be able to coexist, Chris Paul wouldn't be here if Devin Booker didn't want him here. You know what I mean? This is Devin Booker's team. And on the the flip side, like. They, Chris Paul wouldn't have chosen to come here if he didn't want to play with Devin Devin
5: Booker. Devin Booker wasn't here. Chris Paul
1: is probably not here right now. Yeah. So I mean, it goes both ways. I'm I'm trying to remember what the, what was the year when uh, when the Clippers played the Spurs in the playoffs? Do you remember that series? I'm just I'm thinking of like uh, of of actual postseason, or like games that didn't involve the Suns, so I guess that would be every postseason game over the last 10 years, but I just mean like games that didn't involve the Suns over the last 10 years that stand out to me, it was it was either, I think it was the 14-15 season when, when he just took over in that series against the Spurs, and I just, I mean like I, I don't care about the Clippers at all but you see what Chris Paul is capable of doing and I know this was a few years ago, but that sort of stuff. If he can get another level out of Devin Booker, or honestly, even if just Devin Booker finds another level, because he's still pretty young in this league, and now there's some talent around him, that's that's number two on my list, and it could easily be number one.
5: All right, number one on my list. Uh, even further... We have the
1: same number one, I think.
5: What Chris Paul is going to do for DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Uh I don't think there's any question about it. That's what I'm most excited for. That's what I'm most looking forward to because if DeAndre Ayton can't make it work with a guy like Chris Paul, a future hall of famer at point guard feeding him the ball and a guy that by all accounts we've heard is super competitive, will get on guys for, you know, not doing the right thing. If DeAndre Ayton can't make it work with Chris Paul, I don't know if it's going to work. And I, I'm just on and playing, I'm ready to see the pick and roll between Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. And what Chris Paul talked about in one of those sound bites you played, you know, De- DeAndre Jordan couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time when he <laughs> met him. And now he's one of the highest paid centers in the NBA. And they formed that Lob City Clippers team surrounding those two guys. So I, I'm looking forward to that tandem of Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton to see what they can do, both on and off the court and mostly on the court, but
1: Yeah. That's that's number one on my list too. And okay, look, there's basically three ways this goes, right? Either either Ayton is basically just is what he is right now and you know he responds to, to Chris Paul, but it doesn't necessarily make him that much better. He's just kinda he'll improve a little bit. Partially because it's his third year in the league, and because it's Chris Paul, or he just completely can't handle it, and this team leaves DeAndre Ayton behind, or Chris Paul unlocks that that guy that was the number one overall pick in the draft that the Suns were hoping they would get. And I mean, if that's the case, then the the sky really is the limit for this team. Um, I, what I think is is encouraging about this. Yes, Chris Paul has this track record. DeAndre Ayton seems like a guy that you can bash his attitude in the sense of he just seems just kind of happy to, to be in the NBA some nights, but it it doesn't seem like he doesn't want to get better. So, I think that bodes well for Chris Paul coming in here, but the other thing is that it's not like it's not like you have a team that's just DeAndre Ayton, some other okay guys and then Chris Paul and you're you're saying like we need Chris Paul to come in here and make DeAndre Ayton an all-star otherwise this team's a mess. To me, that could go south a lot more easily than the current situation where Devin Booker's here. Even if Ayton kind of falls behind for a little bit, they can still win games with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And also, it's not going to be like one-on-one, like if, if, if things go south and Aiton doesn't like Chris Paul's style guess what buddy you gotta get on board because Devin Booker likes it and, and Mikhail Bridges likes it and Monty Williams likes it like you don't have a choice you have to get on board if you're DeAndre yeah
5: and it's not like they brought Chris Paul here just to fix DeAndre Aiton yeah yeah he's that here work, to yeah. win basketball games and like he said he's in his presser today he's not here just to be a mentor he's here to hoop so but it's gonna be a very big added plus for him to take DeAndre Aiton under his wing so to speak
1: yeah yeah and, and, and I don't Think it's a coincidence that we both have that number one on our list. I'm guessing most uh, Suns fans have that on their list. I'm excited, man. No, I'm, this, this is going to be fun. Th- I think this is the most excited I have been for an NBA season in a long time. It's not just the Suns, me too, but the Suns. Uh, I mean, they're obviously the headliner of it for me. Yeah,
5: and for me, like the casual basketball fan, it's very hard for me to watch. Son's basketball when like over the past few years where they've just not been good. Yeah, and
1: they're gonna have a lot of eyes on them. Uh, we were talking about this in the newsroom a couple weeks ago. It's just it's gonna be nice to have you know you get to to march and. We're all still watching the Suns, especially here, because it's our job. When you get to you know game sixty-five of the season, but you just kind of watch it for little things, and you're like, okay, how did Aiton play tonight? How's Cam Johnson evolving? Whatever. You're watching it for the storylines, yeah. and like the drama. But the results of the, don't matter. Yeah, instead of the actual game results. Yeah. Now the actual game results. They will should matter. matter. They should. Yeah. If everything better. goes well. Oh my gosh, they better after all this.
0: The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
5: Is this Green Day? I feel like this is like old school Green Day. Welcome to paradise. It is old school Green it Day. So they've school. been around for so long. They really have. Those guys are like
1: in their almost like in their fifties now, and all their music. Not, uh, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but like you can tell it's Green Day immediately. I'm not saying all their songs sound exactly the same. Yeah, because they, they use bad the bad same bit. three
5: chords yeah. for almost every song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it
1: works. I mean, but, I like. Yeah, Green Day. it's fine. Uh, Cam not Johnson, co- not complaining about. Not complaining. In fact, not only not complaining, also playing them as a rejoin. Uh, Cam Johnson also met with the media today, and we'll start here. He was asked, "Hey, uh, Cam, who's the best shooter
2: on the team?" Now, I'm gonna say me. I'm gonna say me every time. <laughs> my, my, my right hand broke in my shoulder. I love it. I'm gonna say me every time. But the competitions <laughs> that we've had, that we've had last season, that we had in the bubble, that we had the past you know a couple of weeks, always intense shooting, always intense. And the and the thing is, when you shoot against these guys, you got to really lock in, like. Mikhail and I were shooting the other day, and I swear he did not miss. Just didn't miss any of them. I'm like, Here we go. So y'all lock in, and then he's like, "Man, why are you not missing?" I'm like, "You're not missing." So we go back and forth, like, and it just elevates us. You know what I mean? It's fun. Me, Dario, Mikhail. I'm not sure if y'all saw that in the bubble. We shoot every day after practice, and and it get competitive to the point where we're jumping, pushing each other, talking, talking, mess left and right, um, and it's it's a lot of fun. So having those guys to shoot with, uh, like I said, it's, it's all about growth. It's all about building each other up in that internal competition and then and then putting ourselves in position to succeed when it comes to playing against other people.
1: It's going to be so big this season, that internal competition, because you have you just have a higher caliber of player like across your baseline as a team. We can sit here and talk about, okay, Chris Paul is going to come in and he's going to tear into DeAndre Ayton. If DeAndre Ayton doesn't go out there and play with the fire, we all want to see. Yeah, there's I mean, there's some of that. It's, it's absolutely true. But what about a story like that? Cam Johnson in practice, feels like he's going to make all his shots because Mikhail Bridges is making all his shots. And guys that aren't even the headliners on this team are pushing each other to get better. And it's not just, well, we need to be better this year. It's like, no, the guy next to me is actually pretty good. And just as friendly competition, I want to be better than him today. But that's not easy because he actually is good. So the whole, just like the floor of this team, and maybe that's the best way to put it, the floor of this team is just so much higher than it has been in recent years. And you can you can, you can can certainly make the case that, yeah, okay, they're better, but the Western Conference is tough, and they may not finish higher than 7th. They may squeak in at 8th. I mean, it's possible. That's absolutely possible. You can make that case. But the floor of this team is undeniably better than it has been in a long time. And what? Last year in 73 games, they went 34 and 39. Yeah, they were 26 and 39 going into the bubble, but they won those games. It's like, if, that was, if that's what you did last year, and you're going to play 72 games this year, so it's basically the same amount, I mean, it sure feels like they should be a 40-win team, right? At least a 40-win team. And a lot of that is just that internal competition and guys pushing each other because the guy next to you is doing really well. You want to be better. And in years past, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, here we go. It's uh, practice. You know, big deal. Uh, More from Cam Johnson talking about what he has seen from from Chris Paul.
2: Chris is around and it definitely brings a good energy to the team. Um, I think he's just obviously a great leader, keeps everybody together, um, and definitely somebody that seems easy to approach, easy to talk to. uh, And he's the ultimate vet, you know, Hall of Fame caliber point guard. um, He's the ultimate vet.
1: And uh, also Cam Johnson on watching some of these guys that are now sons during the playoffs last year. Yeah, I watched about every game
2: um, and we played against Jay when he was in Memphis, played against Jay when he was in Miami, played against Chris in the regular season and in the bubble. Um, so I'm definitely familiar with how those guys play and, and playing against them. And, and they did some great things all throughout the season, all throughout the bubble. Um, Jay shot the ball really well during the bubble, which is good to see and not having him on our team. Um, and, and I, I don't think it's anything that, that I have to worry about, you know, in terms of fit, in terms of figuring out how to play, because I think, I think they complement the style that we play really well and, and that will just continue to roll. Um, I think our identity and the way we, we play in the bubble um, is really enhanced by, by these additions. Guys like um, LG, Etuan, everybody Jalen, everybody, everybody that's new that's come in, I think really enhances the way we played and I think it, it's done with purpose and I'm really excited about it. I like that stuff.
1: I like I like when a player on on the team that you're following is like, oh, yeah, uh, I watched every playoff game. <laughs> That's what I do because I love the sport so much that even when I'm not playing, I don't want to break. I want to watch more, and I want to learn, and I want to see what some of these guys do, and he's sitting there rattling off stuff that Jay Crowder did in the playoffs last year. I mean, Jay Crowder had absolutely no ties to the Phoenix Suns on any level last year. So the fact that Cam Johnson was watching him that closely – I don't know. I just, I like that stuff. I like when players that you're counting on to evolve for your team are that into the sport where it's not just a, yeah, okay. I play and I work and I'm, I'm professional because I get paid and I get, you know, I get to build my brand. Like, that's fine. That's cool. I mean, if I was a professional athlete, I'd be into that stuff too, but I like when they're like, oh yeah, but when I'm not playing, I'm just watching more and I'm not just watching film of my team that I have to, I'm watching every playoff game because I just love basketball that much. So, Cam Johnson, is he kind of gets lost in the shuffle right now, but he's going to be a fun one to watch this year. Okay, we'll close out the show tonight with some NFL and some national perspective on the Cardinals. Dan Graziano... Talking about uh, of ESPN, talking about what, uh, what what to make of this team right now.
7: They have the ability to do great things, but I think what we're seeing now is is a little bit of an evening out, and, and uh, you know the league catching up with them a little bit. They haven't had Chandler Jones, kind of an engine for their defense. So I think what we're seeing with Arizona is a team that shows us what it can be, but probably is still a year away, a good draft slash free agency period away from being able to outmuscle a team like you know, Seattle or the Rams to get to the top of that division. That's just my read on it at this point. Check back in a couple weeks, maybe I'll look like an idiot.
1: And he went on when he was asked if the Cardinals are legitimate contenders right
8: now.
7: They're legit because we've seen them play at a high level and they can put it together uh, the rest of the way. But, you know, I was at their game in Foxborough on Sunday. I just feel like they're they're probably a year away. Look, it's a roster that I think still has some, some work to do, to get to the point where they want it. I mean, there's, they're exceptional in some places. The young quarterback's obviously a great player. DeAndre Hopkins is as good a receiver as anyone. Yeah, I think that's where
0: Cardinals
1: fans go back and forth a little bit. If they finish this season 8-8, eight and eight, it's still a legitimate improvement over last year, which was a legitimate improvement over the year before. And it's like, okay, I mean, big picture, you are doing the right things and you are taking big steps, but it's also going to be tough if you start 6-3 and three and DeAndre Hopkins looks like the best receiver in the NFL most weeks. And Kyler Murray, especially those first nine weeks, was like, okay, this, this guy's already a top five quarterback in the league. And, you know, Buda Baker's playing the way he is. You start six and three if you finish eight and eight. And I, I think they're going to finish nine and seven. But I'm just saying, if you get to eight and eight and you were like to miss the playoffs or something, or you bow out quickly in the first round of the playoffs, that's going to sting in the moment. It's going to be disappointing. But I think when we get to like, April and May, we're going to look back and say, okay, still progress. You're not guaranteed to improve by three games next year because you improved by basically three games this year. I mean, there was a tie thrown in there last year, which ruins everything. But, um, you know, you'll still feel good about a big picture. But, like, in the moment, it's like, look what they did to start this year. This, this This team, two weeks ago, looked like a team that was going to make the playoffs, might win the division, was at least going to be one of the top wild cards, and you probably were going to pick them in that first playoff game, and now it's just kind of all, who knows? Uh, Mike Tannenbaum asked about any
8: concerns he has
1: with Kyler Murray going
8: forward. I have three concerns when you break down Kyle Murray. First of all, he has 11 batted passes. He, he's short. There's nothing they can do about that except they got to keep the pocket firm to give him the best chance to f- the ball out. Secondly, he's only 20th in the league in yards per pass attempt, which is a key indicator that he's not getting the ball down the field and given the weapons they have that's something that him and cliff kingsbury can correct and then third down they have really struggled on on third down right now kyle murray's only completing 57 percent of his passes on third down so those are three areas that he needs to get better now he has all the ability in the world I was wrong on him. I thought he was going to be too small. He's really dynamic. And if you go back to the game last week, he didn't play great against New England. But if they hit the 46-yard field goal, that game at a minimum is in overtime and likely they beat New England.
1: Yeah, that's the thing there at the end. I'm not going to listen to a whole lot of lists of concerns with Kyler Murray because fair or not, if Zane Gonzalez makes a couple kicks over the last couple weeks, the Cardinals are 8-3 and three right now. I mean... I understand that Kyler didn't have a great game against the Patriots. I'm I'm also looking at stuff. I mean, he was limited in practice again today. Like the shoulder issue is a real thing, and not it doesn't excuse him. I mean, if he's playing, he's got to be effective. And he said on a number of occasions he's not going to play unless he feels like he can really go out there and, and, and do his job. I get that he wasn't good against the Patriots, but he still put them in a position there to potentially win it late. He was great, I thought, against the Dolphins, and they lost that game. That wasn't his fault. I mean, you just flip those two games. They're eight and three right now, and nobody's saying anything negative about the Cardinals. You're tied for first in the NFC West at that point, not that far behind the Saints. I don't want to pin it all on Zane, because sometimes kickers do miss kicks. But let's be real here. You make those two kicks. This team, the narrative around this team is: can they, can they, go to the NFC Championship? As crazy as that sounds, right now. All right, that's going to do it for us here tonight. Thanks to Kellen Olson for calling in. Thanks to Cody Fincher behind the glass. I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks to you for listening. This has been The Rundown on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.